0: execution at the mole patrol they're looking for clues they're trying to get a call from Andy Cruz.
1: Cool. <laughs> that was Will from America and yes. we are mole patrol with the theme song officially so now you know the podcast is official. Hello everybody I'm Josh Wigler joined here by Jess Leese and Brooklyn Zed who are hearing Will from America's theme song for mole patrol for the first time just like all of you A bop that slap, Zed? Does that fit the bill? Yeah, what a delight. It was good, right?
0: I had a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Jess, what were we saying before
1: we got on here about Wolf from America? We're just surprised he's still bothering with any of us.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm continually amazed that people this talented are still stooping to contribute things to our stupid podcast.
1: Well, I'm really glad that that is still the case. Uh, Thank you, Will from America, for the incredible theme song here for Mole Patrol as we enter week five or episode five. I guess it's technically week week six, week six of Mole Patrol here as we are still on the search to find out. Who is the mole? And by we, I mean me and the other people who have never watched the mole for the first time who are watching (laughs) along with me and with Jess and Zed. But Jess and Zed have obviously seen the show a bunch. They know what's happening. I got no idea. Uh, It's a fun little bit of tension that we have here on the podcast as I make uh, wild swings at pitches that are not meant for me. Um, uh, You cannot see this, dear listener, uh, but we record as a video chat. Uh, and we entered the video chat this week, all of us with team names. Um, uh, there's the smart team, the socialist team, and the stupid team. I wonder who is who. Any guesses out there in movie land? Obviously, I'm the smart team. It's pretty quick. <laughs> Pretty clear. Out of the
0: really, really challenging game. We're we're throwing to the mole people right now. <laughs> we're just gonna,
1: we're going to leave it up to the imagination. Is Jess smart team, socialist team, or stupid team? Is Ted socialist team, smart team, or stupid team? Am I stupid team, smart team, or socialist team? Um, is it possible that you can be a little bit of all three? I wonder.
2: I, I notice none of us are resourceful. Yeah, maybe all of us are resourceful.
1: I think so. And I don't know about that for myself. I'm on the stupid team, folks. Let's just spoil it. I'm the stupid team. It's me. I'm the one.
0: I'm the I, I want to I
2: point out that I came into the chat with stupid team and, and Josh yelled at me and I said, well, I was going to say smart team and you were stupid team, but I thought that was insulting. And Josh no. is like, come on, man. I'm the stupid team.
1: Yeah, let's just, <laughs> let's just play this for, for keeps. Let's just call it as it is. Let's play it as it lies on the field. Uh, I'm definitely the one that gets ferreted to the fancy hotel where I'm getting pampered. And then I find out that if uh, if I don't sabotage one of you, uh, I will lose my room. Um, And so that is the main point of uh, inspiration for why I'm going to sabotage you. It has nothing to do with doubling the pot. I just don't want to sleep in the smart car.
0: I guess I'm sleeping in the smart car. (laughs) You're sleeping in the smart car, (laughs) Seth. It's all right. I'm small. I fit.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Another fun episode of The Mole. Of course, if you're just joining us, we go spoiler free here on The Mole. Uh, Do not at me, but please at Zed and Jess, at Hard Rock Hope, at Haymaker Hattie, at uh, TV. Rehap Ups is where we are as well. Some news at the top. We are five episodes deep into season one of The Mole. Uh, I am to understand we have four episodes left. Uh, But we shall be uh, pausing our journey next week uh, to accommodate the fact that I am uh, on the road myself, not in a smart car. Uh, I am uh, in a a, a rare moment of breaking away from work for a little while. So I'm going to relish that opportunity and uh, skip the podcast next week. So we're going to hit pause. No podcast next week. We will be back two weeks from today with our episode six recap. How should people fill the void, Jess, of Mole Patrol while we're gone? Maybe uh, it's a good opportunity if they haven't gotten on the Tough as Nails train.
2: I mean, that was going to be my suggestion because Tough as Nails, I feel like, is the blueprint for every RHAP podcast going forward, which is to say that I feel like for every reality show we cover in the RHAP universe, the host needs to tune in, become so invested in it that they join the podcast.
1: Yeah. Do we think, Zed, now that we have a theme song with Andy Koops shouted out in it, has this progressed our journey towards getting Anderson Cooper on the podcast?
0: Well, if that doesn't do it, I don't know what will.
1: Well, we'll have, we have two weeks to see if it's going to make any kind of difference. Uh, we've got no news to report by week six. I don't know. We're going to have to execute some of the nuclear options. We don't want to talk about those yet. We have some plans. We don't have any plans.
0: Eliminating the
1: filibuster, yeah, <laughs> that could work. <laughs> Did that work? Does that work in this
0: regard? Or, is that no, just- I don't think so at all. Uh, That's I, just what that
2: means to me. I mean, if nothing else, I think I want more filibuster in my yeah. life in many arenas. This uh, podcast
0: has plenty of
2: filibuster. This, pos- this podcast is a filibuster. Let's be real. <laughs>
0: That's also very true. <laughs> as
1: far as I'm concerned, the art of podcasting is filibustering. You know, it's, it's true. Really- uh, the you know you you've got like a central premise you've got a thesis you want to you want to you want to stick to a core idea of a recap of the thing as as long as you're doing these recap type of podcasts but really uh, the 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 juiciest part is the filibuster right it's the tangent it's the it's the if, if we're talking about the three routes you could take the first route which is the really smart route which is just information 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 we're giving you all the information you need about the mold. Uh, you could be resourceful. You could make really clever observations about the mole, uh, and like how, how that, uh, how that insight, um, brings so much to your life, what, what it's enriching about, uh, the culture that we live in, um, thinking about ways in which, uh, strategy could be implemented in the mole. Or there's the stupid approach and we could just be talking about, uh, uh maraschino cherries and, uh, dinner mints. And that can make up quite a bit of the runtime. Here on the on the multiple
0: podcast,
2: I so think I, the I prefer,
1: prefer the stupid team route.
2: The secret sauce of this podcast is our ability to kind of combine all three things in the right yeah. in the right proportions.
1: Yeah, three great tastes that taste great together.
0: <laughs> it's true. It's true.
1: You know, three great routes that route well. I don't know the dumb team, dumb team. The well, I believe it's actually technically the well stupid team. Uh, so, I think that there is a well, like, a, I feel bad about what I have to say now, but let's do it.
2: Can I just go on a tangent right off the bat? Because course, this yeah. reminds me of something um, a project I did for Rob a few years ago where I researched some of the international editions of Survivor and some of the twists that had been deployed for those seasons. And two of the more interesting and relevant to this podcast ideas. One of the International editions of Survivor had a mole twist where somebody was sabotaging the camp. And if you had a guess as to who the mole is, they had a mole gong in the middle of camp and you would <laughs> ring the gong and make your guess. <laughs> and if you were correct, then that person would be eliminated and another person would be appointed the mole. Um, so that was a thing that happened. That's the tough. other, yeah, it's very tough. Um, I feel like o- sad,
1: so that's hard for the Survivor format. I don't know. I don't know how you mesh the two together. And it's, it's, You know how is it Survivor with a little bit of mole in its Survivor? It just doesn't. I don't know if if it plays well.
2: I haven't seen it, so I would have to see it to know. Uh, But you know, they invented an entire economy for the last season of U.S. Survivor, so I guess there's a possibility that anything could work. Um, And the other thing that they did, and this one I am dying to see rolled out for U.S. Survivor because this is the best thing I've ever heard. There was a season where they divided the two teams up and told them okay before you came on you had to be subjected to a battery of psychological and IQ testing this is the smart team and this is the dumb team and that's what the tribes were called smart and dumb (laughs) and the best part is that the scores had nothing to do with it it was entirely arbitrary
1: (laughs) so there could be a lot of really smart people on dumb Yeah. yeah yeah
2: so you'd have somebody like you know I have I have a law degree. How can I be on the dumb team? And yeah. like how am I how am I dumber than that person and it led to a lot of resentment. So
1: I kind of like that.
2: Yeah, That's I I think it would work. I, I would be really anxious to see this rolled out in U.S. Survivor.
1: Well, I think that that's good because like oftentimes like the just to go on the Survivor tangent is like a lot of the time on those like the theme seasons. Really, the tribes are fairly arbitrary, like someone on brains could easily be on beauty, could be on brawn. Um And I do think that that's one of the things that and we've been talking about it here on the podcast that, that I love about the mole, where it, it really does feel like they're a lot of the time, like the designations are fairly arbitrary. And on top of that, like Andy Coops is tossing out like qualifiers that aren't really going to apply in any meaningful mm-hmm. way to the right. change. Um so I like kind of being like that that's like baked into the premise. I I like that it's like smart versus stupid, uh, and there's a bunch of dummies on smart and a bunch of smarties on dumb.
2: Yep. I, I'm yeah. I'm a fan.
1: Yeah. Good concept. Um yep. all right. Well let's talk about episode five. Uh uh, no spoilers past this episode, but to, you should see in episode 5 as we're talking about episode 5. So I'll we'll just say off the top, but uh, uh, if you haven't watched episode 5 yet, we're about to spoil who goes home.
0: Hope you've enjoyed the first 10 minutes of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Please come back later. Come back next,
1: next, come back next week when you are ready. Uh Jennifer, no! I'm sad! Yeah. I'm sad! I loved her. What great television. Such great TV, Jennifer. Yeah,
2: she's, she's great. A of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a bummer. That was a bummer. I I think we said this last time. It's like I don't know if I can afford to lose any of these people, even the ones I don't like. <laughs> You're all such good TV. This is heart, heartbreak city from here right now.
2: Yeah, it was it was really an exceptional cast. Like there was no, no ballast to this cast.
1: Yeah, so it's going to be Jennifer's final <laughs> Final ride in the smart car this week. Uh, so so, let's strap in and get in as well. Uh, we begin with like a little bit of a montage of like the homesickness. Right, Charlie misses his lovely wife Bernadette. In two days, we'll be celebrating thirty-eight years on planet Earth together. Uh, and I wish I was home with
0: Bernadette. That's uh, a little courtship time.
1: Yeah, uh, Catherine misses Brad. Jim misses flying. That's it. He doesn't miss anything. <laughs> he just wishes he was still flying. Um, a little bit of setup for. I, and I was I was sideswiped by this. I didn't. I had no idea we would be getting a loved ones episode uh, in the mall. Is this a Zed? Is, is this a tradition on the mole? Do we do loved ones visits every season?
0: On the regular citizen, non-celebrity seasons, yes.
1: Okay. okay. Um, Wow, the celebrity seasons. I would figure that the celebrity seasons, they would be able to to advocate for that. It's like, well, if you want me to be on your show, I'm a celebrity uh, and you're going to have at least my assistant come out a few times per season.
0: I think because it's less people and less time, maybe.
1: Okay, that makes sense. Um, Alright, but we're getting the setup. There's going to be some love in the air, but we have, uh, we have a ways to go to get there. Three ways to go. In fact, it's test number one of two tests this week. The three routes test here in Paterna de Riviera. Did I say that right? Jess, you're the smart team.
2: It, it sounds right to me. Okay,
1: sounds good. Um, all right, so here's, the, here's what's up. You got to find the location of the hotel we're staying at next, and you got to find it by 8 p.m. And if you do, if two of the three groups find the hotel by 8 p.m., there's going to be $40,000 added to the pot. The teams are going to be divided on who feels like they are resourceful, who feels like they are smart, and who feels like they are, well, stupid. Uh, and it is going to divide as follows. Catherine and Steve are resourceful. I think I would have put Steve on stupid, but that's just me. Uh, Jim and Jennifer are going to go to smart, and Kate and Charlie are going to go to stupid. But Kate Is Kate not resourceful? Kate turned into the green-haired uh chain-legged nude painted uh hero a few weeks ago is kate not the most resourceful player on the field
2: isn't kate still like she keeps trying to volunteer for the easy jobs because she did all that and then the easy jobs end up being the hard jobs so i think she's still volunteering for every easy job hoping that one of these times it will actually be the easy job
1: so volunteering for the stupid uh for the stupid tribe Uh, actually ends up being a pretty smart move in the long run, Zed, because you you figure you're going to get the easy route and potentially the opportunity for some exemption or some sort of tomfoolery.
0: Right, well, it's certainly the way it works out this time, since the stupid team is presumed to not be able to make it to the hotel on their own, so they get blindfolded.
2: <laughs> lest Another they, thing. Lest they
0: describe their route oh, to God. the other teams. Yeah.
2: Blindfolded. So well.
0: And blindfold, <laughs> blindfolded Lee brought into the hotel so that they don't know the name as if they're not going to be in rooms surrounded by things that tell them exactly where they are. Yeah. Right down to their slippers.
1: Like you could have. Kate and Charlie didn't need blindfolds on. They could have been like they could have been looking at every single street sign, and like wow, the countryside, and like they wouldn't have known anything, no. they wouldn't have had anything to tell anybody. Um, but I, Anderson Cooper, cracked me up so hard when uh, the stupid people he looks at the stupid people and goes, "I have to admit, I am concerned about your ability to find the hotel." <laughs> So you're, you're coming with me. It's like, well, currently no one
0: knows where the hotel is.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm just going to take you directly to the hotel. Uh, and then Jim's like, oh, so one of our teams has already made it to the hotel. So it's just got to be one of the smart team or the resourceful team. And Anderson's like, yeah,
0: very smart. You're on the same team. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding.
1: Very, very good. Um, the stupid people are going to be put in charge of the money. This, again, feels very American.
2: Yeah, the stupid people in America are frequently in charge of the money. No, it's very, very very deeply American. Not the resourceful
0: people, that's for sure.
1: No, so they get all the money. Um, All right, and so if a group doesn't find the hotel, they have to find somewhere else to sleep, and it's going to be tough because the stupid people have all of the money. Um, uh, So that's that's tough, and as we're going to come to find out, that if both groups make it to the hotel, as they ultimately do, um, one of them, one of the two of the six people still in the game, are going to have to sleep outside of the hotel, no matter what. Um, it really is unfortunate uh, that the resourceful team gets uh, put in this position because they have a hard day; they have a very tough, long day. Catherine and Steve.
2: Yeah, but I. They still didn't use half of the resources they were given. This is yeah. my problem with them.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of questions about what was uh, at their disposal. Okay. What happened okay. to the
2: geese? Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> my biggest question.
1: All right. So so the game is afoot. The stupid people will go directly to the hotel with Anderson. Uh Jim and Jennifer get into uh in- into the smart, car, the that smart Anderson, car that Anderson Cooper calls the mini-me of European automotive. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> which he I love. does a uh, Doctor Evil. Uh, well, and-
2: Josh, you got to remember, and this is one of those times when the vintage of the series shows in a big way. Yeah, because back in the day, like I don't think there was a smart car in the U.S. Until at least two or three years later, like they were only in Europe and they were weird as they were <laughs> weird as heck in the U.S. So, if, yeah. and, you know, you would see them in Europe and you'd be like, what's that tiny ass car? That's weird. I don't like it. And now, you know, we see them everywhere. Like they're in my tiny town of 9000 people. Somebody's driving a smart car around. So it's. It's really showing the vintage of it. And then there's also the fact that they play a cassette tape in the tape deck of the smart car. But also Dr. Evil reference, very on brand for the era.
1: You know, uh, Mike Myers, I think, was still uh, really popping at the time. Shrek was bopping. Austin Power. I don't know if we were up to gold member yet or if this is pre-gold member. But we weren't even finished with Austin Powers yet at this time. This is definitely pre-Love Guru. Otherwise, Anderson Cooper isn't caught dead doing a a Mike Myers impression. (laughs) Uh,
2: I'm pretty sure nobody would would be resourceful enough to be able to do a Love Guru impression because literally nobody saw that movie.
1: Yeah, I have no idea what it would sound like, to be honest. Maybe someday. Should we do a Love Guru podcast? No. No. We got better podcast. That's,
2: that's for nap. That's for nap territory. Yes,
1: that's the Robin Akiva get to handle that one. Um, all right. So Jim and Jennifer uh, they have to they have to go to a region of Spain. They have to go to the town of Espera, uh, where there is a village idiot who will help them. A great great idea to just like hire a character to play the village idiot who has a card. It really was there any reason to call this person the village idiot?
0: No, absolutely none. It could have been anybody. He could have been the mayor. He could have been just somebody who worked at the store. Yeah. It could have been somebody they asked to stand by a statue in the town square because every town in Spain has one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it's not like he had some particular, like, jester costume or anything. It seemed to be stand just a there just a human. and have, have maybe a vaguely vacant yeah. expression on your face. Yeah,
1: here's a human being. We're going to call this human being a dummy, dumb, dumb person.
2: Well, you Uh could be going up to random people. If you were in the wrong place, there's some value going up to a stranger and saying, Hey, are you the village idiot?
1: Yeah. Is there anything good that's left on the cutting room floor from that? I I have to wonder uh, how many people did Jim go up to wondering if they were the village idiot. Um, All right. So that's what Jim and and Jennifer have to do. Steven, Catherine, have to take a van and they have the information of the hotel. They know exactly where they're supposed to go. The problem is they've got a van that like has no tires on it. Uh, it I think it's, it's uh, the, the car itself is, is dead. Like they have to gas it up or they have to see, I would be dead on the resourceful team They'd put a tire on a car. Forget it. I'm done. <laughs> it's over.
2: No I did chance. do that yesterday. So, you know,
1: You see these hands? Have they seen a hard day's work in their life? (laughs)
2: No, you
1: got Cooper hands. I've got the I've got the softest hands. I've never. I'm I'm podcasting to you right now from my wife's childhood home that her father built with his own two hands. How am I ever to compare? He'd be resourceful for sure. Uh but yeah, to put the, the cars on the vehicle, I'm a I'm I've got no idea what I would be doing there. The
2: cars on the vehicle. The cars on the
1: vehicle, the, the wheels on the bus. I have no clue, Jess, how I would do such a thing. Um and I don't know that I would know what to do with anything else in here. They've got geese, they have a raft, a <laughs> raft. They have a raft that inflates
2: when they open the door.
0: <laughs> so funny. Why? Why? Oh. I what? mean, why do they have any of those things? <laughs> like what do you yeah, think? Why is
2: anything?
1: <laughs> what did they want them to do were they was there were there like rapids the the great rapids of the of the of the paterna de riviera region of spain that they could have whitewater rafted to the hotel was that a possibility somehow is
2: this were they allowed to barter the things in the van like this made me think of. think
1: of yes it's the like geese,
2: the, a pearl islands kickoff situation
1: the geese are very barterable unless the idea was to strap the raft and the geese together and have the geese pilot you on the raft to the hotel and how the many geese, geese had, like, were some there sort of homing mechanism to get them to the hotel
0: these geese from the same universe as this emu that you're going to ride out of the corn yes. maze. Yes, correct. He's like highly trained fowl. Yeah, when
1: I'm president of the universe and I am in control of all reality television production, uh, first of all, everyone's going to wear masks. That's number one. Uh, and number two, lots of challenges where you have to ride animals around. Weird ones, too. Going Nightmare. Going to be really, really great. Yeah, the geese. What are you doing with all these geese in your van? Uh, And what happened to them when they abandoned the van? Uh, So uh, they've got photos. They've got the name of the hotel. uh, So they've they've got, you know, enough ideas, but so much chicanery happening in the van. Um,
2: I believe they also had the address of the hotel, which I think is hilarious. It's like, okay, find the hotel. Here's the address of it.
1: I think so is the move to find, to spend a, a decent amount of time in Aspera and be like, hey, I've got a van filled with stuff. You can have the entire van and everything inside of it. If you can give me a lift to this address. Is that the move? Is that the resourceful move?
2: That's what I would do.
1: It was stupid. Sounds like a good plan. There we go. There we go. Stupid Steve. Uh, Catherine thinks Steve's wasting time talking to a mechanic. That He's really uh, circling the drain, uh, running the clock. Meanwhile, uh, we are going to see uh, we're (laughs) going to see the smart car roll up on the village idiot, uh, who's just a sweet looking man, just a very sweet looking person. Why are we calling this person a village idiot? Uh, And he's got a card and it's a a three pronged question. Um, What king built a castle on the hill above Aspera so that he could watch the stars? Uh, and uh, there's three possibilities for kings, and they each tie to a different Spanish town. And if they pick the right answer and go to the right town, they're going to get a clue that's going to get them to the hotel. Uh, if they pick the wrong answer, they're just driving all over the place for no reason. As always, at least as of uh, recently, there is a there's a trap. Zed, there's a trap in this where the stupid team gets the last laugh. The stupid team, which has been ferreted straight to the hotel and is uh, en route to getting just the, the greatest of massages and like, grapes fed to them from, from servants, uh, they have a task, which is, here's a cell phone. You can contact the stupid team and sabotage their quest. And if you keep them from coming and the resourceful team does come, then you have doubled the pot. You get 80,000 instead of 40,000. But if the smart group shows up and the resourceful crew shows up, you guys are going to sleep on the lot. Um, and Kate and Charlie, who we're being reminded don't particularly love each other, are pretty quick to like, yeah, obviously we're just going to screw with Jim and Jennifer. <laughs> I think that the deck is set really well here, Jess, that Jim and Jennifer are, are two people that you're encouraged to do this with, certainly with Jim, because I think Jim has demonstrated that he is a game bot, right? Like, he is somebody who is going to, like, you, you articulate to him what just happened, and he will, uh, even if he's suspicious of you, he's not going to have any malintent towards you. He's not going to, like, take it personally. Uh, and Jennifer is just going to like uh, be Jennifer and be awesome. And, she's uh, going
2: like, to take it extremely personally. Yeah, because, like
1: that, that's what's going to happen, so you just have to take that as a granted.
2: Yeah, so I, I think you couldn't have put two better people together in this case.
1: Right. And Kate, Zed, we have seen, is just a merc, right? She's <laughs> just like, she'll shoot you in front of everybody if she thinks <laughs> after a game adjustment. is over. Yeah. yeah. So uh, she's on board. I guess I was maybe a little uh, surprised that Charlie was like, yes, this is absolutely what we should I'm not sleeping outside. <laughs> There's more money in it. We get to we get to mess with Jennifer. So win, win. win win baby.
2: Your um, your Charlie so. impression is evolving quite nicely. Josh. <laughs>
1: things are, things are changing. I'm having I have a lot uh, of feelings about Charlie. Uh, yeah. So, so they call Jim. Uh, Kate calls Jim. It's like, hey Jim, um, you need any help? Anything we can help you with? <laughs> Anything we can do for you, just let me know. And Jim's like, yeah, of course. Uh, so we've got this question. You've got a guidebook? That sounds great. Please answer these questions for us. And Kate's like, yeah, just give me a minute. She hangs up the phone. And she looks at her, she's
2: like, he's buying it. He <laughs>
1: totally believes that we're going to help.
2: Her lie is terrible here because then she says, okay, what's the question? And then she's like, okay, I'm going to look it up in the book. Oh, sorry. Answer's not in it.
0: <laughs> I don't know. everything but the name. Let me read you this whole really specific thing that for yeah. some odd reason... I have this book that was clearly given to me for this task, but does not have the answer to your question.
1: Yeah, I can't find the king's name in here at all. Uh, so that's the that's what they give. Uh, they think the best answer is Carissa uh, and I'm probably mispronouncing that. Uh, the <laughs> correct answer is Ubrique, which will, of course, be the last place the smart team goes. Um, so the smart team is about to go 35 miles off course while Charlie and Kate are going to be getting a massage from Ava. Great day. They're in,
0: they're in opulence.
1: They're in opulence. Yeah. Yeah. How often does he's like, oh, I'm so sorry, we're in opulence. Uh, we're living in opulence right now. Uh, really, really great. Yeah. They're just uh, it's the, living the, the, the lavish life. It's the haves versus the have nots here in the, in the team of the stupids versus the smarts. Good. Resourceful team is van breaks down. Uh, which, uh, which, <laughs> which leads, uh, to, to, to Catherine and Stephen having to take a bike and a scooter, uh, which almost causes, uh, a multiple vehicle pileup in the middle of Spain. Um, Stephen and, and Catherine, and by extension, the mole writ large, almost have tremendous blood on their hands, uh, as a result of, of this challenge, where just the mere sight of Stephen and Catherine on these uh, on the scooter and bike uh, causes everybody to, to lose their minds on the road
0: in the other direction, though, <laughs> which is what's really confusing to me. Like, I guess the driver was maybe looking out the window and slowed down and then maybe wasn't paying attention. So then the car behind them had to, like, rush to a stop because there's like tire tracks
2: on the road. <laughs> you have to break the fourth wall here a little bit and imagine what this bus a whole camera
0: crew. Yeah. There's like yeah. a van in
2: front of them with cameras hanging out of it. And if you were driving, you'd be like, Oh, I wonder if that is some kind of this is some kind of famous person who like who's on that scooter crash.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh so that's what's going on with the resourceful team. The smart team is just driving around going from place to place and they have no idea what's going on and They keep calling Charlie and Kate. They're like, oh, we we, we went to the place. There's nothing here. I guess we'll try for this other town. Uh, And Kate is just like,
0: yes, they're getting
1: it. Oh, my God, they're buying what we're selling. But meanwhile, Jim and Jennifer are secretly wondering, like, this is Kate we're talking about. Kate would, you know, Kate would would sell Adam down the river if it got her further in the mold. Uh, You know, there's nothing Kate's not willing to do at this point. Uh, Could they be screwing us over? but they don't really feel like they've got uh, better options right now. I mean, what does smarts have to do with this question that they have been uh, asked to to solve? I don't really think intelligence has much to do with anything that the smart team has to do right now, unless the intelligence is like, you're lying to me. But what is that really going to buy them? Probably nothing.
2: I don't know why you wouldn't just go to a library and look it all up.
1: Yeah, that would be the smart thing to do.
0: Yeah, nobody said
1: that's against no, the rules. No one said that that's against the rules. I mean,
2: maybe they did off camera. Maybe that was one of those portions of the outcome that wasn't Yeah. Uh
1: so they they keep calling uh the stupid team to be like, there's gotta be like can you look outside? Any any signifiers, like anything that is going to help you like tell us where you are, like signage. Uh and that's when Charlie says, Oh, nothing nothing here. Just pure exuberance, we're an opulence. Uh, live. The camera
0: pans down. The hotel name. (laughs) The hotel name. The monogram
1: slippers. (laughs) (laughs) So great. Yeah. Stephen Catherine, the resourceful team, uh, they have to like try and convince some local farmer to pour gas into the scooter. I, I, they had nothing to trade for that. I don't know how they pulled that off. The show doesn't really explain how they got, uh, the scooter gassed up. They, they did it. Good for them. Um, so that's what's going on. And then, Kate and Charlie start freaking out. They start panicking. They're like, okay, so Steve and Catherine aren't here yet. Uh, the time's a-ticking. We may get no money at all, so maybe we do just want to stick with the $40,000, and we would be comfortable sleeping outside as long as we still get $40,000. We've been massaged. We've been pampered. We can rough it for a night. Um, so they decide to call Jim and Jen to get them to the hotel, and they decide to not just, like, outright spell, like, Hey, so we've been lying to you because, like, there has been incentive to lie to you that we could double the pot. Um, Just come back here. It's all been a ruse. Just come to this is where you should go. Uh, Because Jim is saying, like, yeah, we think, like, maybe we need to go to Jerez. And Kate's like, yeah, we've got a feeling that that's correct. Just a hunch. There's a small hunch that you're correct about that. Uh, Why don't they just just say, like, hey, this is where we are. Uh, we've been lying to you, and this is why. Just come to us now. If, like They're already deciding that they want the smart team to show up.
2: Um, yeah, there's really... I think it would be too complicated. And I yeah. think it would ri- run the risk of having them be like, why should we believe you now? And what is the purpose of telling us? I think they'd pull, they played it right to say, we will explain it when you get here. Yeah. But for now, we're doing a different thing because this isn't working. Here's how you get here. I think it was smart.
1: Yeah, the smart team is losing their minds, though. Uh, Jim is in. Jim the, is you know, going
2: uh, full Jim.
1: <laughs> he's transforming. Something is happening inside of Jim, and it is manifesting in the form of explosive singing, screaming at the the dash cam. Uh, Zed, Jim has just lost his damn mind
0: lost his damn mind and dropped smart food all over himself which i think is just food it is not smart food popcorn specifically
1: i was gonna say uh aren't all smart cars uh equipped with smart food should be part of it should people? be a rule i think it's in the
2: uh in the glove. Like you open up the yeah like open up the glove box it's just full of popcorn it just falls
0: out
1: yeah well, it's really cool. The smart car, if you don't have one, if you've never ridden one, one, uh, you really should try it sometime because, yeah, the glove department, you open it up, and there's popcorn, you reach in and then like you think that you're done with the popcorn, you close it back up, and then you open it up again. Holy crap, it's filled with more popcorn. How do they do it? So smart. Very it's smart. It's smart. It's so yeah.
2: smart. It's going to solve world hunger. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we really got to be investing in big smart car energy uh, moving forward. Our
2: small smart car energy. Small
1: smart car energy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what we got to be working on moving forward. Um, all right. So Charlie calls Jim eventually just goes, come to Jerez. come here now. Just come here. I'll explain it to you later. This is the name of the hotel. I've known it the whole time. You have to hurry. Uh, Jim and Jennifer, they've got 30 minutes to make it 20 miles. Can they do it? Uh, meanwhile, Catherine and Steve are now, uh, riding a bicycle in tandem, uh, which seems very uncomfortable. Uh, I don't it just does not seem like a great way to travel through Spain is two people one bicycle
2: I mean we were told not to do that when we were eight so
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even see like this is the era of pegs on the back of the bike so you could stand and hold somebody's shoulders but that wasn't even going on yeah I don't know I don't know what they were doing it's funny to me though because by this point then we we reached the point where they go past the sign that they needed to look at to go the right direction as if they're in a car and they can't like Catherine can't just get off the bike and go look at what the sign said, mm-hmm. or they can't both just like <laughs> back up and go look at it. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's very funny and very strange to me.
1: Maybe that was like an unreported part of the rules is no backsies uh, <laughs> you must go forward and only forward. Um, there's 30 seconds on the clock. Uh, smart team does show up, and the stupid team is like, ah, oh, we fooled you. We had to fool you. We were an opulence. We were here the whole time. And Jim is pretty on board with it. He gets it. Uh, resourceful team shows up four minutes late, uh, and four minutes late is, alas, too late for them to get a room at the hotel or even to get in on whatever fancy dinner is about to ensue. Uh, poor Steve and Catherine, who have been through hell and back, to get to this hotel. Uh, are we feeling bad for them, Jess? Or are we feeling like they bungled their advantage? Do we feel like they had uh, opportunities here that they just simply did not see?
2: Um, I don't feel terribly bad for them. I think, I do think they did the best they could with what they had, but I also think there were a few things they could have explored that we didn't see them exploring. And who knows? Maybe they did. We didn't see every minute of that six hour span, but you know, we can sit here. That I think this is one of the great things about the way this is edited. We can sit here and armchair quarterback it and say, Well, I would have done this. Why didn't they do this? And what about this? And we don't know that they did or didn't try those things.
0: Yeah.
1: We'll never know. Um, Zed, do you feel bad for Steve and Catherine here as they're smushed up in the smart car on the outs from the fancy dinner uh, with nothing to eat other than uh, glove compartment, popcorn? And some sort of weird sandwich. It's like this thick bread with like a very thin slice of something in there that I could not identify.
0: It's probably ham because they're in Spain. There is no food in Spain that doesn't include
2: ham.
1: If it's ham, it was a kind of gnarly looking ham. It was like. It's uh,
2: it's
0: possible. It
2: probably still tastes better than American ham.
1: It was like some sort of like thin meat patty that looked kind of like gray and weird. Is this a goose? Is this where the goose comes in? Is a goose? Oh, sandwich? No. Maybe they had to eat the goose. Maybe they had to eat the goose. Um, I was too busy gandering at the goose sandwich to note what was being God. eaten inside of the royal family dinner.
2: I, uh, I just count on you to make a list of everything anybody the eats. Food today watch. An yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I believe I saw dinner rolls on the table, but I was uh, they they moved too quickly, and then immediately you see Steve eating some sort of big honking bread and thin meat sandwich. That I was transfixed by. What is that? What is he eating? I have no idea. If any of you out there in in the the Mole Patrol patrol, uh, what did we call the Mole Patrol? The Mole People. Mole People. (laughs) Hey, Mole People, do you know what kind of sandwich Steve was eating? Curious minds want to know. You can at me about that. No spoilers. Uh yeah. that's not a spoiler. That's already happened on the show.
2: Yeah, and don't add us any more about how you watch the mole, because i I assume that you're five episodes in at this point, you know how to do it.
1: It's YouTube. This is the link. It's the show notes. We've got it. Uh yeah, so the great the great stinger on the end of this like sequence is Steve and Catherine uh getting into the smart car. They're having this horrible night. Uh and they wonder like, would another group have been able to do it better than we did? And there is the the question of maybe they would have found a way to utilize the keys. That got a a big chuckle for me as I was watching this late at night last night while Emily was literally next to me in bed. Why are you cackling? (laughs) You wouldn't get it. It's a smart car joke. Um, Day 19 of the mole. Sun breaks over the smart car. Uh, Steve is stiff as a board. Uh, Catherine and Steve make it to breakfast. They are running on empty. 30 minutes of sleep. It's a good thing that today's festivities don't require a lot of physical energy or exertion of really any kind. Uh, This is probably the easiest day on the mole that we have seen coming up is the loved one's day. I'm trying to think of anything that is even competitive with just how easy this one is. Maybe like the 18 hours they spent in travel uh, from Los Angeles to Europe. But that's harder because travel takes a lot out of you. This is by far and away the easiest day we've seen on the mole, right?
0: Yeah, I would agree. It seems like have breakfast, stand around in a circle,
1: frogs and love. Yeah, and love. collectively
0: answer a few questions. Yeah. Find out if you got them right, hang out some more.
1: So they go to a castle and at the castle, Jim is back in Jim Bob mode. He's got the teeth in. He's got his Jim Bob teeth in. I still don't know that I get it. Are we ever going to like understand this or it's no. just Jim doing Jim things? It's just Jim doing Jim things. Got those Jim Bob teeth. These so guys, Jim Bob teeth in, uh, they have been, uh, they have asked six questions of the six remaining contestants, loved ones. Um, each question, if they successfully answer it is worth $5,000 a piece. It's worth up to $30,000. And would you believe it? The crew gets this bang on six for six all the way down the line. The most redeeming quality about you is your ability to always offer a hug. That's Steve. The one thing that annoys this person the most about you is the nagging. Uh, they assume it's Kate. Uh, the thing you have least in common is fashion sense. Everybody looks at Jim. Uh, the most romantic thing you've ever done is agree to marry them. It's Catherine thinks, okay, that's what Brad said. Uh, during a relationship, they never saw a change in you. I was like, I've never changed. we worn the same clothes <laughs> for, for, for 60 years and counting. Never gotten out of this uniform, um, so he thinks his life has been very consistent. He uh, hasn't changed much except for losing a little hair. Uh, and who is shot out of cannon? It's Jen. Except that then Kate's like, oh, I think maybe I was shot out of a cannon. I was like, okay.
2: well that's- here's the thing that's weird: is they presumably know which loved one is coming to see them, and then they start talking about other loved ones. Yeah. this was strange to me when they're having this conversation. Jen is like, well, maybe my brother said that I nagged him. It's like, but your brother isn't coming. What is going yeah. on?
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe do they have like backups on their loved ones? Because they don't know at this point which loved ones are in town and they don't yet know that yeah. loved ones are even here. Right,
2: I guess. But you, you they see signed waivers
1: like, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: and, you know, maybe it's one of those situations where you asked for your grandmother to come out and then she died, so your best friend (laughs) came anyway.
1: Thunder D. Thunder (laughs) D is here in Spain. Uh, Yeah, it's just odd, and it feels in the moment that this second-guessing feels wrong. It feels like they've got their... No, you had it! You all had it! It was right! Everybody was right! But they're swapping... uh, very moly behavior from Kate. Mm-hmm.
2: Molly, moly, moly.
1: Starting to feel suspicious of green-haired Kate.
2: Yeah. Um, to, yeah. to quote another Austin Powers reference. You know, moly, moly, yeah, moly, moly, moly.
1: Molly, moly, moly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, man. Do you think we can get Fred Savage on this podcast?
2: Um, well, I don't know. Is he on Twitter?
1: Uh, Fred Savage. <laughs> is Fred that Savage.
0: the only
2: barrier to getting people on the podcast? Is are they on Ravage Twitter?
1: Savage. I don't know. It, it
2: worked for Phil Kogan, so I'm just saying.
1: Uh, the first result is taming Fred Savage. That is not yes. actually Fred yeah, Savage. Yeah, there's no
2: check mark Fred Savage here.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say enough. that's
2: a no. Right, he might so be on the Insta, but...
1: That stinks. Yeah. I was really excited to get Fred Savage on here to talk about the mole. Do you think that we would have invited him on and he would have thought that we were talking about his time on Austin Powers 3 and instead we'd be asking him about the mole, the show? Yeah. He's very it- unprepared.
2: Yeah, he would be. He's probably seen less of it than you have, Josh.
1: It's very likely. Uh, I can't imagine
0: anyone expecting to be asked to come talk about a twenty-year-old television show,
2: including this. people that were on said twenty-year-old <laughs> show. <laughs> uh, probably
1: not. Um, all right, answers get locked in, and one by one, everyone's being brought into like this, like uh, this room with all of these like aged barrels of stuff. <laughs> assume that that's where uh they make the shirley temples and all of the other fancy drinks that fancy people drink um charlie goes first uh charlie says tell me about uh, anderson cooper says tell me about your wife well her name is bernadette it's our wedding anniversary 38 years coming up in two days uh very excited for for, for my life with bernadette uh, and little does he know that bernadette is just around the corner and huge reaction from charlie as Bernadette shows up. Oh, my God. Oh,
0: oh,
1: oh, my God, Bernadette. Oh, uh. stop.
2: <laughs> You're making me picture things I don't want to picture. Oh,
1: my God. Bernadette is here. Uh, it says we we were joined at the hip before. Now we're joined at the shoulder and the hip. Uh, very sweet. It's their anniversary celebration. Hooray. Love.
2: Can I just make an observation about Mm. Bernadette that,
1: um,
2: (laughs) granted this, this is, we are watching this show. It is a rip of a standard deaf DVD on YouTube. It's not the greatest footage. Does Bernadette not resemble Kate in many, many ways? And could this fuel Charlie's ongoing Mm. resentment of Kate?
1: You're not Bernadette. You're not my wife. (laughs) You had, you're not the boss of me. She's yeah. got the same
2: pleated shorts, the same polo shirt, the same haircut, the same build. I I think this might be fueling something in Charlie.
1: I look forward to a future scene. Don't don't tell me. This is a prediction uh, of another drunk Charlie tirade where he's like, Kate, I, I have to confess. Uh, you, you're great. You're great. Just remind me too much of Bernadette. That's why it's been so hard. Um, yeah, I think that that makes sense to me. That makes some sense to me. Uh Steve's wife Angie is here. They hug. It feels very subdued. He's like, hi, hi, Angie. Hmm? Let's hug. So we just hug. There's like uh, enough, but it's it's racy enough that Anderson Cooper's like, all right, cut it out. Family show. <laughs> it's too much making out. <laughs> the search for the mole will resume after a quick word from our sponsors. And now we're back to resume the patrol. So here comes Jen. And I guess like word is starting to travel that um, people are seeing their loved ones. Maybe there's just like explosions of joy coming from like the catacombs of caskets that everyone's like, oh, our loved ones must be here. Spoilers. It's like if I found out who the mole was at this point in the the multiple. And so so Jennifer is really psyched that Amy's here. But it turns out as Anderson Cooper, who is doing this great bit, this recurring bit of like, oh, was that what you asked? Was that the question? Did, did, did your loved one get it right? Uh, he's asking this to no one in particular because no one comes from around the corner. And the episode for a while makes you believe that Amy, Jennifer's friend, is just not going to. has flown all the way here for nothing. And it's vicious and brutal. And Jennifer takes it poorly, as would I. What a what a horrible anti love loved ones visit this would be to like have someone like come all the way across the world for for nothing, for absolutely nothing, not even a glimpse at your loved one.
2: Well, Survivor did that to people all the time.
1: Yeah, but don't you at least always get to like wave and say hi from a distance?
2: You had the one was it Australian Outback where they said they were doing a video chat and then the people came out from behind. That was
1: uh, Vanuatu. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were doing like a webcam. Yeah. They, they were like Skyped in. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was like, wow, that's weird. Everybody's sitting in front pretty the same. So yeah.
1: yeah. Remember when we Skyped in your loved ones? And then uh turned out we were just Skyping them from the bush around the corner. Yeah. That's a thing yeah. we did.
2: But we need Bryce Isaiah to really comment on the loved ones here. <laughs> yeah.
1: Why isn't Bryce <laughs> Missed on the opportunity for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. If I had known, if I had known, I would have. I would yeah, have he'd be
2: there. like, Amy! Amy! Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> Amy, where are you? <laughs> Where's Amy? Where's Amy? <laughs> yeah. Amy's invisible. Amy's in invisible mode and Jennifer's so upset. Uh, and on top of it, that's $5,000 out of the pot. So it's just a, and at this point, now we know that, uh, it's been bungled, uh, that Kate will lose as well, that we probably got the rest of this right. Uh, Jim's ex-boyfriend shows up, Joe, uh, and Anderson Cooper is dying. He is, <laughs> he is slain. He is dead. Which says, wait.
0: You think this guy doesn't have fashion sense? You look exactly the same. I love this moment. It is so funny to me. He's like, you guys are dressed exactly identical.
2: Can we also talk about the 2000-ness of this, where the alleged great fashion sense guy has a chain wallet? Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) It's remarkably great. It's just so great. It's so great that he is the one who's like dunking on Jim for his terrible fashion, but they really are dressed very similarly. Um, yeah. Like oh a my black god!
0: T-shirt, straight yeah. leg jeans. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. T-shirt, Vaguely punk aesthetic. <laughs> so fashionable. Like the
0: jeans. same sunglasses. Even Jim is wearing his, and his buddy has them hanging from his shirt, but they're like yeah. exactly the same.
1: Anderson Cooper is so funny in this moment. Where he's like, all right. I mean, I don't believe it's true, but it's true But you're you right. You did say it. You did say this. Uh, here comes Catherine's fiance, Brad, who walks out with the double T-shirt. He's rocking the double T-shirt, one T-shirt on the other T-shirt, two T-shirts. Uh, it must be a cold day in Spain. You need two shirts on. Uh, he's got not if, t- if you're Charlie. No, not if you're Charlie. If you're Charlie, you're halfway out of the shirt at this point, I think. Uh, uh, I miss the sorry. days when I'm you sorry. could wear two T-shirts, <laughs> double shirt. Good look, double shirt. He's got the double shirt on. Uh, he looks like someone I went to summer camp with, Brad.
2: He uh, looks like he's named Brad.
1: He definitely looks like a Brad. Uh, Total. He's Brad. so Bradish. He's very Bradley, uh, and so he's just like kind of awkward. And then, meanwhile, outside, Jen's crying. She's very upset. She says, "I'm tough on the outside, but I'm a marshmallow on the inside." um Kate Kate is going to be like, uh, I think uh, I think Adam's going to be here, but Adam's not showing up either. Where is Adam? Adam's <laughs> nowhere. And then Kate walks out to Jen as everybody else is in the courtyard celebrating with their loved ones and Kate walks over to Jen because the two of them are just like very uncomfortably alone. And Jen's like, we were right the first time. And she walks away. She's, very <laughs> upset. She's like not even going to, she can't even tolerate the sight of Kate at this point. Lots of hate for Kate, I feel like, amongst the cast. She gets, uh, too much, too much hate from everybody. She's been in
0: some tough positions in the last few weeks.
1: Yeah. I, do, I guess I'm quick to forget that she tried to assassinate Steve. In front of everybody. <laughs> that is a thing that happened. Um, yeah,
2: but the green hair and the casts and the nude
1: portrait. <laughs> how, how, how quickly we forget that. Uh, 20,000 added to the pot. 60K total over the course of this episode. Uh, Anderson is very sorry to Jennifer and Kate. It's a tough game says ah, just kidding Amy and Adam come on out yay uh so that was just cruelty for cruelty's sake <laughs> did we buy much by uh keeping Amy and Adam at arm's length Jess for this long do you think that this was the right production choice
2: I think so it did kind of sow some discontent there there was some crying and yelling just enough crying and yelling but it wasn't cruel yeah. It wasn't like, again, the survivor move of you get to have a meal with your loved one. You get to give them a hug. You have to wave across the room and you don't get anything. Yeah, this was better.
1: Yeah. Um, Kate takes off her hat. She's like, check this out. And I was like, <laughs> what have they done?
2: <laughs> again, <laughs> it was not a thing that every single person under the age of 30 did to their hair back in 2000. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know life. what you're talking
1: about. Yeah. Is that if you ever dyed your hair? Is that something you've ever thought <laughs> not about?
0: A,
2: I not think not the that's the color.
0: Couple yeah. of months. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Around this time I had uh I was probably a year away from my uh maybe two years away from my my bleach blonde senior year. That was I great. was gonna no. say I
2: was gonna say, Wiggler, did you ever frost your tips?
1: Of course. Did I ever frost my tips?
2: What kind of question is that?
1: Yeah. You were a youth
2: in the, yeah, yeah. At the turn of in the millennium.
1: In the, the early 2000s. You're a man
2: uh, of a certain age. Yeah, Of
1: course I frost my tips. Of course I frost my tips. Uh, Incredible. I, did, I did it for a play and then I kept doing it after the play. Uh, I was like, oh, wiggly. That's how they great. get you. Great. You look great. I was very high, I have to say, for <laughs> much of that period of my life. I was like, "Wow, you look so cool! Sunglasses indoors, frosted tips. You're looking great. You got to find, find somewhere.
0: I was gonna say we should find pictures of ourselves from around the year 2000, 2001. I'll, 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 uh, I'll reach out to my mom
1: and see if she's got anything lying around. Uh, it's definitely out there. I, I looked like Guy Fieri before Guy Fieri was really <laughs> a thing. Oh my gosh. Was a great. Great look, really, really great. Uh, all right, so for a few minutes, the games, the tests, they're over. There's a little photo shoot. Was this for like a magazine or anything? Do we know? Or was this just for fun? Souvenirs. Souvenirs. Yeah. I was on the mole and all I got was this lousy loved ones t shirt. Um,
0: hey, a few years from now, they'd be taking those pictures on, you know, the Sprint Palm Free. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> those high quality photos to keep forever. Yeah. Hashtag ad.
1: Uh, (laughs) so tonight it's the fifth execution dinners at 830 loved ones you are invited to participate in the festivities so this is exciting the loved ones of the execution yeah you get to watch one of your loved ones get executed on television uh we get to hear a little bit about what's going on back home first uh jennifer goes to her friend amy says i'm not alone and amy is naked and opens the door anyway and didn't get the the memo of what i'm not alone means now you're uh quasi naked on national television and on YouTube uh, apparently which is where (laughs) we watch forever
0: in 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 perpetuity
2: 20 years later but you know it's been 20 years maybe she's proud of that moment now
1: yeah who knows Uh, Charlie uh, Charlie's wife Bernadette uh, Bernadette says that she's replaced Charlie with the remote control (laughs) she's been replaced Charlie Uh, so Charlie is now a remote control
2: um i have a moment i need to talk about here
1: please do it just come on in because i think you're
2: you're probably about to go here we need to talk about the editing on the stinger that goes before commercial at this point where they show steven and his wife sitting there and he says i spent the night with another woman yes (laughs) then she says It's about what I expected, and and they cut it so it looks like drama. And then, of course, they show the real moment, and she's like laughing at him because, of Mm -hmm. course, it's ridiculous. He's on a TV show, and it was in a smart car.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's
2: very two thousand editing.
1: I love this show so much. So (laughs) I'm I'm so happy we've done this. This is just fantastic. Uh, We get like a little bit of like, uh, what does everybody think of their loved one? Being the mole. Um, Adam's like, uh uh, could Kate be the mole? Maybe she could pull it off. Uh Joe thinks that Jim is the mole, but he won't tell me. And Jim says, No, I told you. I said I wasn't. But you can believe me or not. That's the game. Um Brad thinks his fiance could absolutely be the mole. He thinks Catherine is very sweet and sometimes unassuming, but she could be very sneaky. And Catherine's like, excuse
0: me? <laughs> what are you
1: trying to say? Of course, Brad and I are on the same page as I also believe Catherine should be the mole as I've been uh, angling all of my mole quizzes uh, that the great DJ LaBelle Klein has been providing me with um, in the direction that Catherine is the mole. Although there's a few questions that DJ LaBelle Klein is asking me that are like, uh, which, where does the mole appear in the opening credits? I'm like, I don't know. And I just put like fourth. So some of those are just like uh, non-starters. But everything else I'm trying to do, I'm trying to do Catherine. Catherine, I, I don't trust Catherine. I don't believe in Catherine. Um, Amy is Je- is. Could Jennifer be the mole? I don't know. And that happened really quick. And I was like, Oh, we're restricting content. Oh, maybe finally, like for the first time between that and her and the being like an open target during laser tag, it's like, Oh, it could be Jennifer. It's not Jennifer. Jennifer's eliminated. Just a few minutes uh, executed. I apologize. Um, Charlie, if I was the mole, I wouldn't tell Bernadette. I wouldn't want her to bear the burden of me being the mole. And then I'd have to kill Bernadette if I told her I was the mole <laughs> and I enjoy your company. Plus, it's our anniversary. Happy 38. 39 coming up. Uh, and we get a cake. They trot out a cake. Do we think an ice cream cake? Is that like a, a fudgy the whale?
2: No, that's a dulce de leche cake. I'm almost sure of it.
1: As in like the, the caramel
2: or no, like the, that's not what I'm thinking. I'm thinking of, uh, tres leches. I was three say, milk it's cakes. Like
1: Very specific. Uh, or that's actually, that's
2: probably. That's a Mexico thing, I guess. Yeah. But I, I think it's just like a boring ass cake with like vanilla icing on it.
1: tres um, leches sounds good.
2: I, I want that in my face right now. And yeah. I don't know if they I don't know if I can get that within a hundred miles of here. It's, it's not going to gonna le- be
0: good if you can anyway. Yeah.
2: Maybe I'll just make one. Yeah.
1: Oh tres leches is really good. Yeah, uh, I want that now. That sounds very, very good. Uh Charlie is happy now. Charlie's like, oh, this has been incredible. This has been the best day.
2: I was waiting for you to identify what's on their plates because I couldn't. It was just cake. No, there's cake and then there's their dinner (laughs) plates are next to it.
1: Yeah, but as I've said, I'm not pausing down on the food. I'm just getting it really quickly in my eyes. like Cake? Cake? We got cake? What kind of cake we got? Is that a Fudgy the Whale with a little cookie crumbles in between the ice cream layers? No, I don't think so. Uh, Let's go with Tres Leches. Tres Leches cake. Today was a great day for Charlie, but alas, drama, thunderstorm. (laughs) Execution time. Heavy downpour of rain. A tempest is approaching them all. Uh someone is gonna be swept up in the storm. Yeah. If I was doing the mole fifth one out, the storm. Uh, is about to is about to go down here. It's like
2: the universe is displeased with who's getting eliminated.
1: Yeah. The universe, much like me, is very sad that this is gonna be Jennifer's last stand. Uh so yeah, uh, we get a little bit of the how does everybody feel about uh, about everyone? Uh, I'm not again like I, I should probably be tracking this more. This feels like is there is there act are there actual clues to be gleaned here? Catherine is saying Kate is desperate. Uh, she's desperate with small things that don't add up. Jim thinks that Catherine is much tougher than she looks. If Jim is suspecting Catherine, I feel like Jim is a good person to align your thought with because he seems to be uh, very strategic about the game. So I like that. Um, Jen thinks it's suspicious that Catherine and Steve uh, are, like, so closely working together. I guess it's worth noting, it seems like Steve, because Jen also had the comment earlier in the episode that Steve and Jim seem like they're really, really tight right now. Uh, So, like, is Steve just, like, playing this super social game where he's in with everybody? He's in with Charlie as well. Uh, I guess he didn't take it too personally that Kate tried to assassinate him. So that's a good social game. So Steve's, like, sort of the hub of things right now. Um, more thunder. Someone's about to leave. Andy's like, This is very, very sad, very upsetting that somebody has to go. So sorry about this. Um, tough game. Tough game. We entered the names randomly. Uh, it's Catherine Green, but she's the mall. Steven Green, because maybe he's the mall. Jennifer Red, no! And I was surprised. I don't know who I was expecting, but like, you can never really tell. You can never really tell who's going to go home on the mall.
2: Well, this kind of plays weird. into some feedback that we got. Yeah. That I, I think is a fun question that we can that we can ask. Um that Henry Wall wrote to us this week and he said, so we know who Josh thinks is the mole. Why don't you ask him who he thinks will win the show? I would be interested in hearing his thought process on who has a winner's edit.
1: Uh yeah, I would say Jim uh is 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 standing out to me in that regard right now. Um because he's the one who's talking about the the game so thoroughly, he's like he's getting like that Richard Hatch edit to me. It feels like, um, man. So that's the thing though, because after Jennifer is gone, we're left with with, with Jim, Stephen, Catherine, Charlie, and Kate. And I love Kate, but I don't feel like Kate's getting a winner's edit. And I I don't think that. Charlie and Steven are getting a winner's edit, and I don't feel like either of them can be the mole. If one of them's the mole, that's crazy and very funny. Um, but I think that Catherine is the mole. So I, I think I'll stick with, I think Jim is winning and Catherine's the mole, and those are my predictions right now. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Fair enough. That's where, I'll, that's where I'll land for now. Rather than be a fancy Fencerton, I'll just give you definitive <laughs> facts. That's how I feel um jennifer uh she's gone, but she's she's happy because at least she's got Amy to go with her on the long ride back to to the u s of a and they're probably ex- experiencing uh a rain delay right like they're probably in Spain for at least another day or two with this weather, so that's nice that's a consolation yeah,
2: you can have some big gray sandwiches while they uh, wait yeah what is
1: that really mystery ham mystery ham uh anyways oh. so that's that's the that's the end of jennifer very sad uh any any thoughts on on jennifer that you you were both having when you you were watching the show for the first time any reactions that you remember feeling of, of losing jennifer at this point well,
2: i mean she's a great character she's kind of a lightning rod for conflict which makes her an that's extra great funny, character yeah exactly Yeah, I I thought I never once thought she had a handle on who the mole was or that she was the mole. But I think she definitely brought something unique to the table and I was sorry to see her go.
1: Yeah. Is that any final words for Jennifer?
0: I think on any show, I'm just always disappointed to see women leave. Yeah. When these things tend to be so male-dominated so often. What's
1: the split right now? Three men, two women, right? hmm Yeah.
0: It's actually stayed fairly even on this show. Um, I think in part because there's nothing you can do to get rid of people, really. It's just purely your own merit, as we've discussed before. Yeah.
1: I'm, I'm sad. I, th- I I feel like... I don't know. I, I don't know if I thought that Jennifer could have won this thing, necessarily, uh, that she was getting a winner's edit, uh, but she was getting a very fun edit. Um, I, and there's such a great moment when Jim says I'll miss her she was a good player she was my friend she is my friend she didn't die he <laughs> didn't really. actually kill her yeah. but he's really leaning into this idea of like uh, you know no, no harm no foul in this game we're all still going to be friends once it's all over and Charles speak to yourself I'm never going to talk to any of you again
2: uh, he's
0: not friends with them now.
2: No. Uh, he's not. dead. Is he really? Well, yes. Oh, well, oh. Now, now, yes. Sorry. That, oh, was, that was abrupt, but yes, he passed away a few years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. R.I.P., Charlie.
0: I just meant he wasn't friends with people at the time of the show either. Yeah, yeah. yeah well,
2: there's that. Yeah. Yes. The uh, now of 2000, when this right. was on.
0: Oh, and the now, now is now.
1: A thundercloud over my heart.
2: Uh,
1: it's a thundercloud over my heart. I will, Charlie will live on on Mole Patrol. Uh, yes, the impression shall continue. Um, all right, that's the episode. Uh, that's the episode. Any other feedback that we got, Jess? That you wanna you wanna throw our way?
2: We got a lot of interesting anecdotes, like people's personal relationships with the locations from the show, oh, cool. which which is really entertaining. Um, and a couple of the people that have written in about this over the last few weeks, they're giving away things from future episodes. So I don't really Keep want to. Tight. Yeah. Lock that up. Yeah. We're keeping that, we're keeping that lockdown tight. But, um, there is, uh, we did have a, we did have a writer inner who wants to remain anonymous, but, um, who lives in Spain and said that, uh, they work at a summer camp and the summer camp has a branch that actually stays at the hotel that was, that was pictured in this episode. Oh, cool. So um, yeah, they, they apparently it's not such a nice hotel that it can't be overrun with children who are trying to learn English and play golf.
0: Okay. Fair enough. That was the description. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Great.
2: So it, it, it is sometimes not as relaxing as depicted in this episode.
1: It looks very relaxing. I wanted Troy to be there. We're living that opulent life.
2: Yeah, I we actually had an opportunity this week to spend the night in a hotel. And I picked what I had spent my childhood understanding was the nicest hotel in the area where we were. And we had stayed there before and it was great. And so I'm like, yes, I want to go back here. It's going to be amazing. And it was kind of like that scene in Hot Tub Time Machine where they think they're going to the fancy ski lodge. And it was... Lumpy bed, and you could hear everything that was happening in the hallway, oh, and no. it was it was very sad. I was, I was so disappointed because when am I ever going to stay in a hotel again? And
1: did you find the time traveling hot tub?
2: There was no time traveling hot tub. Well, in Cut. fairness, we, you know, there were other people in the hot tub at the resort, so I didn't want to go near it because we're distancing. But and I you guess also don't want
1: to get trapped in a time loop with strangers.
2: Honestly honestly if there's a time machine i feel like i got a lot of stuff to do i probably should have gone to see if there was a time machine but sadly yeah. i did not oh, wow. and we're still here in this reality
1: oh man yeah how do we get out of it?
2: i don't know but speaking Activ- of
1: activate change
2: yes <laughs> yes yeah. well we will we will go forward and we will you know we'll we'll find ways to make it better uh, Small and large,
1: all right, so we're gonna go forward in the podcast by also going backward right we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna look back on reality shows that were and see uh if jess can once again fully stump you and i Zed, we've got uh, we gotta get on the board at least this week the board yeah. yeah
2: let's travel back to happier times now um the uh first decade of the new. Shows were abundant and strange.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well let's let's hear let's hear what's available.
2: All right. So this week our first theme is gonna be blurring the lines of fiction in real life. Okay. Which I guess reality TV does in general, but That's this is a, a very specific game. we're gonna riff on different kinds of popular culture for these next options. And remember, three of these really happened and one of these is fake. So okay. first up, we got the real Gilligan's Island. Which aired in 2004 on TBS. Two teams of people cast to the archetypes of the classic sitcom Gilligan's Island first compete head to head to eliminate their counterpart on the other team. Then they battle it out individually <laughs> for a cash prize.
1: Uh, I <laughs> think that that's right. I think that that's real.
2: Yeah, that, I I'm think pretty so I to remember
1: that. The real Gilligan's Island sounds like the name of a thing that uh, I was aware of.
2: Well, okay. Yes. So noted. All right. Yeah. Second up, we've got Saved by the Bell, the newest class, which aired in 2006 on VH1. Host Dustin Diamond presides over this piece of peak 90s nostalgia as teams of teenagers cast to various Saved by the Bell archetypes compete in high school inspired challenges based on actual Saved by the Bell episodes. Naturally, the series features cameos from several alums of the show, including Dennis Haskins and Mario Lopez.
1: Okay, what what year was this?
2: 2006.
1: Okay, I don't believe it, but continue.
2: All right. We have The Search for the Next Elvira, which aired in 2007 on Fox Reality. Cassandra Peterson, a.k.a. late-night horror movie show hostess Elvira, Mm -hmm. presides over this competition designed to evaluate the spookiness and sexiness of the contestants and crown the next portrayer of the character. As they are eliminated, contestants are theatrically burned into ash.
0: <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> how does that work? <laughs> like
2: <laughs> CGI, I assume. I'm Listen, if Florida's lava can
0: drown people uh, in lava. I guess.
1: But that's like you're just submerged in liquid. Like how do you get theatrically burnt to ash? I, I do wonder. Uh I,
2: I will say that I probably could have come up with a whole sub game um based around reality shows where people die fake deaths.
1: Yeah, no, that was there were many. That'd be fun. All right. Fourth yeah. Okay, one on and finally,
2: fourth option: the real wedding crashers, two thousand seven on NBC. Ashton Kutcher produced this extremely short-lived series in which real-life weddings were interrupted by outlandish stunts in the style of his other show, Punked. Now, before you ask, the bride and groom are allegedly in on the joke, but not the guests. Okay,
0: who's the host of this? I'm um, Ashton Kutcher.
2: Yeah, I do not know if he pe- he appeared on camera or not. Uh, okay. He was, oh, okay. he was okay. involved. I'm going to guess he was on camera.
1: Okay, um, Zed. I am pretty sure that Saved by the Bell: The Newest Class is a is a mole, uh, and I'll tell you why. Because 2006, by 2006, the the, the 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 game was up for Dustin Diamond. Uh, people knew. People knew that Dustin Diamond, that Screech if not outright canceled, like toxic, we don't want to go near screech. We don't like screech. I think in the Save by the bell family, even though screech went on to be in the most saved by the bell stuff, he was in the college years. He was in the new class. Uh, but I think people didn't like Dustin diamond. And I think that he was like angling towards his documentary stuff. He was doing like weird, dirty, bad stand-up routines. I saw him at college at Syracuse do stand-up stand-up where he would like say something really, really dirty. And he would follow it by saying, trust the dust it was very, very dumb yeah. and that would be, like <laughs> around like 2005, 2006. Yeah. And like maybe he and Belding kept in touch to a certain degree. But there's no way that A.C. Slater, who's going on to like try and mainline his career, is still hanging out with Dustin Diamond. So for those reasons, I want to think that Saved by the Belt, the newest class is the
0: fake.
2: Well, that sounds well argued to me. Okay, Josh, but I am going to quibble with you on the timeline a little bit because uh, Dustin Diamond's memoir didn't come out till two thousand nine, and that was sure. close to the time. Like I think it was a couple of years after the sex tape. But in two thousand six, he was very much a staple. When was the sex tape. The sex tape was like two thousand seven, maybe. Yeah. Because around this time was the time when he was appearing on like Celebrity Fit Club, and he was making the circuit of the reality genre. Yeah. However, you are correct that yeah. one.
1: Yeah, it. yeah. All right. I, I think he was like ready to me. pop. He was like ready to pop in that moment. You know? Yeah,
2: I I know that he kind of got canceled around that time, but yeah. it was it was a little bit later on. I guess I could have fudged the date, made it a little earlier to fool you. But I think maybe I probably wouldn't have.
1: Yes. Yes. You can't trust the dust. That's a lesson I oh. learned in school. That's one of the things the stupid team remembers from college.
2: uh, Yeah, fair enough.
1: Can't trust the dust.
2: No. Don't do dust. Okay. Definitely don't. Um, I think Nancy Reagan taught me that. (laughs) Okay. Next up, our category is travel through time.
1: Yeah, I love doing that.
2: Yes. I I wish I could. My favorite thing. So topical this week. Yes. All right. So we have The 70s House, which aired on MTV in 2005. 12 contestants move into a house thinking they're about to participate in a real world style documentary show only to find that they'll be living in an immersive environment that mimics life in the 1970s from the fashion to the technology to the lingo.
1: What year was this and what network was this? on? 2005 on MTV. Okay. The, the real, the, that 70s reality show.
2: No, it's called the seventies house. The seventies house.
1: Yes. Yeah. The seventies house.
2: All right. We have Regency house party. <laughs> which aired in 2004 on PBS. Uh-huh. This- PBS. <laughs> Regency House Party on PBS. Okay. This BBC import featured 10 singles plus four older female chaperones attempting to navigate the courtship customs of 1811
1: England. England. Oh. Okay. Okay. Great. Oh, no. One of the single
2: men. There was, there weren't very many love matches on the show, but one of the single men actually fell in love with one of the older chaperones, 25 years his senior, and they're still together.
0: Cool. Wow.
1: Good for them. That's great. I want to believe it's real.
2: I, I, am cheering for love here. Um, Me too. <laughs> okay. Next up, we have Texas Ranch House, which aired in 2006 on PBS. <laughs> 15 people moved to a remote ranch in Texas and and attempt to spend two and a half months running the ranch using only technology and tools from 1867.
1: Okay. That feels very PBS, Ed.
2: Yeah. We're getting a PBS reality PBS reality shows are happening. All right. And finally, I have Party Like It's 1599, (laughs) which aired in 2008 on the History Channel. (laughs) With the help of actual Renaissance scholars, 20 Renfair enthusiasts are divided into peasantry and nobility and oh. tasked with living in a meticulous, grueling recreation of life in Elizabethan times.
0: Oh. I believe the history channel would make such a thing. I've watched yes. some crazy stuff on the history channel and full disclosure was a performer at, a renaissance fair for several summers in another lifetime
1: give us a give us walk us through travel through time to your ren fair days and tell us what that was all about
0: well i was a pirate naturally Badass. uh professional cross-dresser since yes. uh, 2014
1: oh yeah
0: um i played mary reed for a year who was very possibly a transgender pirate uh really? yeah Uh, born a woman, is called Mary Reed her whole life, but dressed as a man, sailed as a man, fought as a man, um, had a relationship with Anne Bonny, uh, who, so, yeah, she was rad, you should look her up. Um, But yeah, I would do uh, like sword fights and stage combat and stuff throughout the course of the day and run around and get into fights with people and yell at patrons who were looking at me funny and
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's similar to what we do here on uh, the podcast network. Did you you eat
2: those? Looking at us funny. Did you eat those giant turkey legs?
0: I am a vegetarian, so no, I did not. And even in my breaks where I would eat meat, those are disgusting to me. They're just like, like they're so big. Yeah. It looks like an animal. I don't want it. You know, the, oh, the the
1: places where you get the giant turkey legs typically are like the, the huge amusement parks. And you're mostly going there on a hot day, I feel like, or at least that's been my experience. Yeah, it's yeah. A kind of a
2: cultural mismatch, isn't it? And why
0: are you running around on a hot day with a giant turkey leg? Feels like the wrong thing to eat. This is a thing I think about when I'm out protesting in shorts and a tank top, though, is that I used to run around in several layers, including one year, a leather, a black leather vest. Yeah. So things could be a lot worse. It's it's hot out there. Be be nice to people. if Eat, You go to the Ren Fair.
1: Cold food, cold food on a hot day. I think yes. yes. So cold. Oh well, I guess we have to make a choice here. So yes. we're, we're throwing we're throwing our support behind the Ren Fair and and wishing that it's that it's true. I um, think the seventies one is true. Well, so here's the thing. We have to so so. There's two PBS options, Zed. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of which I remember, the Texas ranch house, and the mm-hmm. other one now I'm remembering, which is the the, the, the courtship BPC,
0: yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. partnership. Yeah. So, so two parter for you. Of the two, which one would you think is fake? And then the second part being, let's not forget who we're dealing with here. Jessica <laughs> is on the smart team. Is she? Is she fooling us? Is she trying to lure us towards picking one of the PBS options by throwing two PBS's in here and it's actually either the 70s show or the Ren Fair.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Just trying to figure out,
0: just work the system. When, when did that 70s show end?
2: Uh, all I have is the date it premiered, which is 2005.
0: Okay. But I You're mean, not... when was that 70s show? Oh, that the, 70s the, show? The net, yes. The sitcom. Do we know oh, when that? Oh, I'm trying to think because, like, I can't imagine it airing while that '70s show. 2006. Was on, or,
2: like... It ended in 2006.
1: Okay, but that would makes... that would that not be like we're trying to build on the, the popularity of that '70s show?
0: Then that depends on if MTV and NBC are related networks. And I think...
1: trying to, to mess us up? By there being this, there was like a happy love story here. Jess, what was the the mole is in our heads?
2: I'm just getting in your heads, aren't I?
1: There was somebody Mm -hmm. who's like, uh, we found love here in the seventies house, and we're still no Regency House Parties. No, No, that was Regency House Party. Okay, 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 okay. Well, then that would make me suspicious of Regency House Party with its connection. (laughs) Did anything good happen? Yeah, yeah. I think I would either go Regency House Party. Or I would sell that 70s show reality version down the river and say that that's the mole. Zed, you get to pick.
0: Oh, brutal. Uh, I think the 70s one is not real. All
1: right, I'll throw my lot in behind Zed. 70s is canceled.
2: Nope, you're wrong. I fooled you again.
1: All right, well, what was it?
2: The fake show is Party Like It's 1599, although I wish to God that was real. <laughs> we got all excited about the Renaissance. I mean, we did get a quest a few years later, which is sort yes. of that. But... I had a friend who was on the quest. Oh, who was me? your friend? From the Renaissance
0: Fair, Christian.
2: Okay, cool. Good he fun. actually had
0: to leave the fair that year to go film the
2: show. Yeah, I, um, I recapped that with Kirk Clark, so...
0: I, yeah, I haven't listened to it, but I know that that's out there in the in the ether for me to go back to. There were rumors that there was going to be another season, and it has not happened, and I'm sad because I really enjoyed it.
2: Yeah, right. it was it was a very cool show, and I I kind of missed the quest. It was a great idea for a show, and just didn't have its moment. And then all right. Kurt Clark all right. ruined it. For all yeah, of us. it's a quest. I think I movie think movies. it was his fault. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. The quest continues. We've got one more round here. Uh, either way, Zed, victory, right? We we we're not going to yes. shut out this we week. We improved. Yeah. So that's good. I'm happy about that. But I'd love to I'd love to go with two out of three.
2: OK, here we go. Our final category this week is more weird ass dating shows.
1: <laughs> Mortifying stuff is about to happen. Let's hear yes. it. All
2: right. So first up.
1: We have- the best part of this segment is always like watching Zed how deeply uncomfortable you are by like yes. all of like these problematic shows.
2: Yeah. It's just
0: like, Ignorance <laughs> has been bliss in uh in this these, realm of my life.
2: Yeah. I will well, say these are weird, but they're not problematic. Okay, okay, cool, 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 They've cool. Least, aged better. Like not as problematic as some of the ones that we have run sure. across. Great, mm-hmm. great, 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 great. Okay. All right. So low
1: bar, low bar. <laughs>
2: That's it. yeah, it is a low bar, but okay. first up we have socks appeal, which aired
1: in'
0: in even
2: you haven't even heard what this is i, I don't know if this is, this is not your jam josh, but great name. Uh, great it's name. a it's a great name already, two thousand and seven on the New England sports network, so there's your first clue, okay. Over the course of a Red Sox game, a sports fan goes on three blind dates lasting two innings apiece. During the seventh inning stretch, they are asked to choose which date they'd like to continue seeing.
1: That's a terrible idea for a show. That's so specific. I mean, I guess it is like for New England specifically, but
2: that's awful. I mean, Red Sox fans should just date each other and like stay out of the dating pool. (laughs)
1: I'm so glad that my wife can't hear the other side of this conversation.
0: Yeah, <laughs> while you're sitting in Massachusetts.
1: I know, I yeah. feel like yeah, all, yeah. Eyes, all eyes are on me right now. Surrounded yeah. by socks! Okay.
0: That's, <laughs> tough. That's tough because you have no way of predicting how long a, a baseball inning will last. Yeah. Baseball it's is true. like the one sport I really know anything about, and it could be, you know, you ten minutes, it could nine. be half an hour.
1: Yeah. Yep. It could be getting to the seventh inning and like five hours
0: have passed, potentially. It's true. It sounds brutal, but it is possible.
2: It's a bit like the MTV show Next where you you go on a date and it could be one minute long or it could be 60 minutes long. Right, right. Yep. All right. So next up, we have Science of Love, Mm -hmm. which aired in 2007 on NBC. This one night event, an eligible man chooses a woman he is attracted to from a pool of prospective suitors. And he dates that woman as well as one chosen for him by quote unquote science. He then chooses which one he'd like to keep dating. That's
1: Interesting. I, you know, the one night event said that feels so doable for a single night of television.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Yeah. The science of love. That's such a. That's such a. a you could see that that being a show. The, the the least believable part is that it was actually just one night. It feels like right. a series.
2: Okay. Okay. So next up, we have monkey business. <laughs> Which aired in 2006 on yes, CW. Just trying not
1: to break, uh, everybody, just, just so you know. <laughs> She's breaking. She's breaking. I'm watching. I'm everybody. so excited to find out what <laughs> okay. it is. Okay, is
2: okay. All, all right. I, I'm going to reset here.
1: All right. She's got to reset. All
2: right. is <laughs> <laughs> breaking. Whatever monkey business. Is all okay. right. All right. All right. A woman has to pick one of three bachelors to date based solely on their written answers to her questions. What she doesn't know is that one of the potential suitors is a chimpanzee who is randomly picking slips of paper with pre-written answers.
1: <laughs> I'm very proud of you for getting through it.
0: I did it. That's so wild. Um,
1: I can't tell if you're laughing because it's so crazy that it happened, or if you're laughing at your own mad genius. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Right, and you guess you'll never know.
1: Yeah, well, we'll know. we'll, we'll know soon.
2: <laughs> or dot, dot, dot question mark.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, incredible. Uh, okay. That's a great premise for a show.
2: I, I agree. Yeah. Um, next up, we have The X Effect, 2006 on MTV. People go on dates with their exes and are presented with activities designed to help them rekindle things. While on their dates, they're covertly watched by their current partners and will have to decide at the end of the date which person they're going to be with.
1: That's so MTV. Yeah. Totally believable. I buy That's that every day. Awful
0: and very accurate. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I, I think then for me it would be Monkey Business <laughs> or <laughs> uh, uh, Socks Appeal. Uh, I feel like the other two feel real to me.
0: Yeah, who's the who's the market? What's the audience for Socks Appeal?
1: It's New England. It's a lot of... the New England Network. So it's sure. Like very but are there
0: people. a lot of sports fans who want to watch a dating show?
1: Great question. Don't think so. Don't think so. Don't I, think- I
0: mean, I'm probably stereotyping a bit here, but I don't think those demographics have a lot of overlap. Yeah. And I just don't think it would be that interesting, but that's just me personally.
1: I'm, I'm fine to, to get this one wrong if we say that Sox Appeal is fake uh, because we want to believe that monkey business is real. <laughs>
0: In our in our dream world, where Monkey Business is a
1: real show, but I can't. But I really, there is a piece of me that really strongly believes that Jess was cracking at her own mad genius over Monkey Business.
0: Yeah, that's equally possible. Um, Don't let me logic us out of the truth here.
1: Yeah, but let's let's say Socks Appeal is the is the is the is the mole.
2: Okay. 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 Final answer.
1: Is that final answer? Yeah. You don't. You don't. Yeah. We, we don't have to. Don't take the hand off the chess piece yet. <laughs>
0: not until we're ready. No, I stand by my logic. I just you got one right, and then I got our second one wrong. So now I feel.
1: But now it's pressure. your chance. Now it's your chance. Redemption or um, well, further failure. Further failure. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. I, I'm, the, I'm the stupid team, so I'm not going to get this right.
2: So or could we, you be sabotaging?
1: Possible.
0: The what mind games. Yeah, right, right, I, 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 I think
2: stocks appeal is, is yeah. not real. Okay. By the way. So you are incorrect, but I was not high on my own supply here. Okay,
0: all right.
1: I
2: okay. didn't come up with this one. <laughs> we have to give credit to mad genius AJ Mass. And when he wrote this, I'm like, this is so obviously fake, but I cannot stop laughing at it, so I have to use it. All right.
1: Well, AJ should be uh allowed to make television shows. Uh, I,
2: clearly, like I want, I want the writers' room to consist of AJ and a chimpanzee with a fishbowl full of random ideas. I don't
1: think we need. I don't think we need anyone else. I think it's two writers: it's AJ and the monkey, and that's it. Agreed. I'll watch it. I'll watch whatever comes out of that writers' room. Um,
0: all right, one out of three is an improvement. It's an improvement.
2: Nowhere to go but up, guys. We got closer. No, nope. we used to be so good at this. I know.
1: Remember. Remember when we were, we're like three hours? Of of legs and hot dogs. All right. Well, the good we news well. is a week off. We've got a week off from the podcast. We've got a week off from the pressure of the game. Uh, yeah. We've got a week to collect ourselves, splash some water on our faces, do whatever rituals we got to do in order to best Jess uh, on on the on the next on the next round of uh, yeah. Jess. Who I don't know what you want to call. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna
2: best Jess with your best guess.
1: Yeah, best Jess with your best guess. Uh all right, we'll be back in two weeks time with episode six of the mole. I know better than to ask for a tease of what's coming next. It's better if I don't know. Um follow us on the Twitter bots. We're around. I'm at Round Howard. Zed is at Hard Rocko. Jess is at Haymaker Hattie. Uh I don't know, what else is going on? Got you guys okay? Everyone's all right?
2: Yeah, everything's yeah. good. Everything's super. All things good. That's your podcast, actually. <laughs> yeah, that is mine.
1: That is mine. Yeah, we just posted our Doctor Strange recap on Everything is Super. Spoiler, Kevin, I didn't like it. We thumbs down. I, it was more like we were very disappointed. Like, why did you be better? You could have been so good. And then you were just a disappointing, disappointing movie. Uh, we've got Guardians of the Galaxy 2 recording very soon, but dropping in your podcast feed next week. The Lost podcast is still happening. We're in season three now. Did you still like Lost as of season three, Jess?
2: Yeah, i I thought season four was very strong, and season three was okay. Um, it was really like late season five when it started time to break my lost. heart. Time yes, okay. and you know, time travel is usually like catnip to me, but I not in this case. In this case, it was it was a hard sell, and when they got into like all this spiritual stuff with like the random guy that looked like John Lennon, I was I was yeah. like a hard out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Whose name was literally Lennon?
2: That's right. That was that was cheap. That was cheap AF. Uh, oh, you're making me mad again. Um, you should come check us out on um, the main podcast feed. Rob, sister, you know, Mike Bloom and I are doing weekly recaps of the Phil Kogan hosted Tough as Nails and it was already pretty fun and then Phil himself started listening to it and said, hey guys, can I be on your show? And so now we have a fourth and our fourth is Phil Kogan and that is a thing that is really happening in 2020 and we are having we're having a freaking blast and you guys should all what be listening
1: it's incredible, it's absolutely incredible Phil Kogan uh, the, uh, the 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 gem of the, the new RHEP talent search right? <laughs> With, uh, Phil Kogan applied, Phil Kogan got in yep
0: they went for diverse voices and they got another middle aged white dude that's right,
1: at least he's
2: not American Yes, I
0: guess. Yes. I guess. I guess. <laughs> what
1: we got out of it. So it's all <laughs> worth it in the end. Uh, Brooklyn Zed, what's up? You got anything anything to promote? Anything no, you say? I'm
0: just out. Oh, well, plenty of things I want to say, but you can hear all the things that I have to say over on Twitter or Instagram, where I'm perpetually yelling about politics at politicians, et cetera. Um, I'm also watching Canada's Drag Race. I'm not on that podcast, but if you want to talk to me about it, I'm happy to talk about it. There you go invitation thrown out there is it an invitation
1: or is it like uh, invite me
0: either both
1: uh, i don't know how it works i don't know a conversation
0: is a an activity <laughs> that requires more two-way than street. one person
1: two-way street two-way street there you go all right well, i'm gonna be very sad to miss both of you next week this has been such a great ritual in these strange quarantine times is to have this weird throwback show with my two friends here <laughs> talking mole patrol each and every week. Uh, we're going to close things out the way that we started with a little ditty from our good friend Will from America closing out with the theme song, Newly Minted, to Mole Patrol. Take care everybody. Goodbye. Bye.
0: The
2: Mole Patrol
0: be your retribution they gonna tell you all about It is execution at the Paw Patrol. They're looking for clues. It's time to get a call from any crew. At the Paw Patrol.